And hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Backstage Podcast. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate that you're uh, that you're here uh, because evidently I haven't. I haven't been that consistent. Uh, I know that I told you that I'd make a an effort in uh, in producing more of these solo episodes uh, last year, and I was doing pretty fine. I took a little bit of an absence during uh, uh, the Christmas break, and then quite honestly forgot to come back <laughs> so sorry about that it took longer than i thought uh but we're back kicking it off right where we left off um and i want to jump on here uh and do an episode uh on the the up-and-coming by-election in saint Henri saint anne um now obviously this for most may be a very boring episode because nobody really cares about by-elections uh in quebec or anywhere uh, for that matter but this by-election in Saint-Henri-Saint-Anne is, uh, is, is a quite special one. And we'll go over the reasons in this, uh, uh, in this, episode, uh, in this episode and why this by-election will actually attract a lot more attention than they usually do. Um, I have a feeling that as of today, Mar uh, February, uh, February the 6th, all the way until March 13th, which is the actual date of the election, um, I have a feeling that the media will be pretty active in covering uh, this campaign. So we're going to get to it right away. Now, just for those wondering why this by-election may be different from what we're used to, very simple, because in Saint-Henri-Saint-Anne, for, for those who you know followed the program and especially during the campaign, you will know that that writing was the writing that belonged to Dominique Anglade. Dominique Anglade was the former uh, leader of the Liberal Party here in Quebec. Before that, she was obviously a minister, a deputy uh, prime uh, uh, deputy premier here in Quebec, so uh, quite a prominent figure in the in, in Quebec's political scene. Uh, she stepped down after the last election in 2022 in October because her party uh, completely flopped that election, uh, really disastrous results, and uh, she pretty much had no other choice than to resign, and that's what she did. So there's a by-election. Premier Legault announced it this morning. It'll be on uh, the 13th of March. Um, there are some candidates. We're going to go over some of the candidates, or at least three of the candidates that have already uh, been presented uh, to uh, to the electors in Saint Henri Saint Anne, and then uh, we're just going to go over a few points on you know strategy and what will happen uh, over the course of uh, the next month or a little over a month. Um, so let's go over the candidates over here very quickly. So Quebec Solidaire has already announced their candidate. They were first to do so. Basically, it's the exact same candidate that run the election in 2022. Very smart move uh, on their behalf. So that's Guillaume Clich-Rivard, uh, a young a young man, uh, a lawyer, uh, very intelligent, very well-spoken, um, who has the experience already. He you know, he just did a whole general election over there. Uh, the the residents in Saint Saint Anne got to know him. He has a good presence on the ground. His team practically never even left. They've pretty much continued uh, all the way uh, through. So he's been almost continuously. Uh, been campaigning uh, since September of last year. Um, so I think he has uh, quite an advantage in that riding. Um, the CAC, Coalition Avenir Quebec, the governing party also uh, announced their candidate, Victor Pelletier. Very young guy, 21 years old. Uh, he's the president of the uh, CAC's youth wing. Um, started uh, his involvement in uh, in that party from uh, from a young age, from the age of 14, 15 years old. He started uh, um, in, in that party. 
And uh, he's also a political staffer. I think he's uh, the political staffer for uh, the MA for uh, Blainville, if I'm not mistaken, Mario Laframboise. So this is a guy from inside. They went and picked a, a candidate from you know their their own political ranks, if you want, from uh, from the backstage of their uh, of their party. And we're going to get back uh, to this candidate and why I think that this is just a just. A, a random uh, nomination there uh, for the CAC. I don't think that they stand a chance, and I think they even know it. Uh, but we're going to get back to this later on. Uh, the PLQ this morning uh, just announced their candidate, Christopher Benninger. Uh, Christopher Benninger is a, is a guy that I know personally. Uh, I got to know him uh, during the last uh, campaign. He ran in uh, in Saint-Marie-Saint-Jacques against Manon Massé. Manon Massé is the co-leader of Quebec Solidaire, so he got to know her a little bit well. Uh, uh, and uh, he pretty much came from nowhere, let's be honest. He wasn't at all involved in politics. He's a complete rookie, uh, complete newcomer in the political scene, at least uh, in the last campaign. But he got bitten by the bug. Uh, he's uh, he's very passionate about politics. Uh, this is someone that comes from uh, uh, the business world, the entrepreneurial world, a uh, very uh, good communicator, um, but very little experience in politics. Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, everyone at some point has uh, or deserves a chance to, to run for office, whether you have experience or not. Uh, and uh, he's demonstrated uh, quite the ability uh, and the desire to represent uh, his uh, constituents. Uh, but again, we're going to get back to all these nominations um, in a little bit. Uh, PQ, Parti Québécois, no candidate yet. And the Conservative Party of Quebec, no candidate yet. Is that anything? I mean, does that mean anything? Are they giving any importance to this election? Will they present candidates? I want to believe that they will. Uh, it's difficult for me to imagine the PQ not presenting a candidate. I honestly would have thought that they, uh, they would have done so already, especially since the end of uh, the last campaign in October of 2022. The leader of uh, the, the PQ, uh, Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon, had a very good campaign. Uh, he got his name out there. Uh, he appealed a lot to, uh, to, to, to Quebecers. He did a fantastic job. And ever since the last election, if there is one party that has seen somewhat of a significant kind of growth, not so sure if we can call it a momentum yet, uh, but still um, seen much more favorably in the eyes of uh, Quebecers, it is the Parti Québécois, and I thought that they would have just um, used that uh, trampoline, if you will, to, uh, to, be, uh, to be first on the ground. We're still waiting for a candidate uh, for the PQ. I really hope that they put a, a candidate in that riding. Uh, as for uh, the Conservative Party of Quebec as well, I, I think it would be a big mistake to pass on this opportunity. Um, you know, the, the, the leader of the party, Eric Duhem, saw this huge wave of popularity uh, right before the last election. Uh, he got record number uh, in, in, in memberships, in fundraising. He did spectacularly well for the Conservative Party of Quebec. Um, he got his name out there as well, and I think that it would benefit him as well as the party if he again continued, because that, that definitely was a momentum. We can definitely call that a momentum for the, um, for the Conservative Party of Quebec, and I think it would be a huge mistake not to present a candidate over there. Uh, whether or not they have chance uh, a chance to win, it, 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 you know, that's irrelevant. I just think that he needs to remain relevant um, in the political 
uh, ecosystem, even though, I mean, he's a leader of a political party, he's, he's there anyway, but I do not think that he can afford to pass on this opportunity. I think it would be a big mistake. Um, let's get on to a few points now, why this election um, uh, is important. I started this podcast off by saying but you, that usually by-elections are insignificant. Nobody really cares about them. Traditionally, they have much lower voter turnout, which is probably going to happen in this election as well. Um, but why is the media all over this election? Well, like I said before, this is the, 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 the old writing of Dominique Anglade. It is, a par- it, is a, it is a writing that the Liberal Party has held for a long time, I think ever since it was created. It's always been liberal. Um, it is considered a fortress. But it's but it's amazing what's happening because in that part of Montreal over the last couple of years there has been this significantly growing number of support um, for Quebec Solidaire. There's that twenty to forty demographic: the, the 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 young students, the young families, young professionals that are uh, that tend to be much more uh, siding with this populist kind of ideology that Quebec Solidaire seems to be representing and uh, their base is, uh, has shown to grow over the last couple of years not only in that part of Montreal but in other little pockets here and there in Montreal that's definitely one area that Quebec Solidaire has been focusing on for a long time they won in the neighboring riding of Verdun uh, so they picked up that riding and during the election last election in October uh, September to October there was a lot of talk about the Liberals potentially losing that riding to Quebec Solidaire. So there was a huge, huge um, involvement and effort put from Quebec Solidaire from their, you know, quote-unquote machine in Saint-Henri-Saint-Anne. They didn't, you know, they didn't succeed last election, but, you know, it wasn't that big of a difference. I mean, we're talking about 2,700 votes uh, majority. Normally, that is a comfortable-ish uh, majority uh, to win uh, to win by but again let's be honest here this was Dominique Anglade she was known before politics and when she came into politics she was uh, given almost immediately a, a post uh, as a cabinet minister she then became deputy premier uh, she became the leader of the party so there was this notoriety around this person there was this recognition uh, and, and this competence around this individual she wasn't a nobody um, and she benefited from this support right so the liberals don't have that now uh, without taking anything away from Christopher Benninger, he isn't Dominique Anglade. He doesn't have that baggage that Dominique Anglade came with uh, into politics. So it's not there. And in addition to that, it's a by-election. So automatically we know that there is going to be much less people going out to vote than they did in the last, in, in the, in the last general election. So that 2,700 votes that Dominique Anglade won with, I'm not so sure that that difference is going to remain this time around. So the, the Liberal Party needs to be very careful. They can't take anything for granted, and I know they don't. But at the same time, Quebec Solidaire really sees this as a, uh, as a huge opportunity for them to go and pick up this riding. There's a reason why this by-election is uh, immensely important, both for the, 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 the PLQ and Quebec Solidaire, and that goes back to what we were saying in some previous episodes about obtaining party status that Quebec Solidaire did not obtain. They were just one uh, seat short 
of obtaining party status. So we, we, I'm not going to go over the reasons why it's important to obtain party status. You can go back and, and revisit those episodes. I, I went in uh, with great detail on what it means to obtain party status, and unfortunately, Quebec Solidaire did not. They spent a huge amount of time after the election negotiating with other parties on obtaining uh, you know, whatever uh, amount of uh, budget that they got. This time around, if they manage to win this riding, well, they will officially have party status. So obviously that means more money uh, and they need this, uh, this seat. At the same time, the Liberals can't afford to lose any other seats. I mean, they already had an embarrassing result in the last elections. Immediately after the election, there was an MNA that defected from the party because the, uh, 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 of dissatisfaction that existed there with the party leader, Dominique Anglade, had to resign. So not only did they lose that one seat where the, the MNA went and is sitting now independent as an independent, but Dominique Anglade decided to resign. So they cannot afford to lose uh, uh, another seat and fall under 19. I mean, right now they were at 20. They lost one uh, MA because she became independent. So they're down to 19. Uh, they don't want to drop uh, lower than that. Um, so th they obviously want to save face. They're in a process right now, that party, in, uh, of reconstructing, of revisiting their, their, their raison d'être, the reason why they exist, why things went wrong, what do we need to, uh, to do in order to rebuild this party. Losing another seat is definitely something that shouldn't be on the agenda, right? I mean, it's going to come and, and cast a, um, a shadow on that whole effort of kind of boosting that party up again. Uh, there are, however, certain advantages now in this election, mostly for Quebec Solidaire. Um, will it be enough for them to win the election? I don't know. But that advantage, like I said earlier on, is with respect to this candidate uh, having already done a general election. So the candidate, uh, from what I understand, lives in the riding, campaigned in the riding, uh, has spent an enormous time on the ground. And like I said, my guess is that um, uh, Guillaume Clich-Rivard has taken very little time off. I don't think he even stopped campaigning uh, after the election, uh, uh, assuming that they probably saw that Dominique Anglade may resign or, I mean, I don't think it took a genius to kind of figure that thing out. So I, I, I doubt that he took any significant break um, on campaigning. So this guy over here, he's been just one continuous uh, uh, campaigning machine, right, in that riding. It's a huge advantage for him on the ground, especially with against a candidate that doesn't know the area as well, who has to start from scratch, basically, and who was announced literally the same day that the elections were launched. Had the Liberal Party announced this candidate immediately once Dominique Anglade had resigned, at least uh, Christopher would have had, you know, several weeks, if not months ahead to start working on the ground, which isn't the case. So he's literally starting from scratch on day one of this by-election. So there's a huge advantage over here that Quebec Solidaire has, in addition to what I said before about, you know, that margin, that, 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 that vote majority not necessarily being the same this time around. I, I, I wonder, and I'm thinking out loud here on what the liberal strategists are thinking, but I would seriously doubt that they're expecting to have the exact same vote uh, uh, results uh, from the last campaign. I don't think it's going to happen. So I have a feeling that it's going to be much tighter than it was last time around, even though we can't really consider 2,700 votes a tight uh, victory. I think uh, Dominique Anglade won with a more or less comfortable majority, but that's not going to be around this time. So they need to take that seriously. 
Uh, the other advantage that, that there is in this campaign, and this is not for any particular candidate, but for all the candidates running in this election, is that, and this happens usually with every by-election, is that there's only one campaign. It's not 125 uh, campaigns that we have in a general election, right? So there's only one. There's only one riding to pick up, and the entire party machine is focused on that one election. So regardless of whether or not you know the candidates running have experience or they don't, uh, they know that they can count on a tremendous amount of support from their party uh, and from their volunteers. Uh, so, so it's a completely different environment um, than a, a regular. Uh, than a general election where at least this time around there weren't that many resources available and i'm talking specifically about the liberal party of quebec we saw that during the campaign where they had trouble finding volunteers they had trouble even finding candidates so they weren't really having uh, a good campaign uh, last time around this time with a by-election all their efforts are focused in that one riding so you're gonna have all the mnas that are gonna that, that are gonna that are gonna be called to help their, their their volunteers their base their staffers even on the weekends or or, uh, after 5 p.m. or whenever they have free time, there's going to be an incredible amount of people working in the uh, in this campaign. Uh, and like I said, there's two parties that are really thirsty to win this campaign. So this is why I think it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of people. It's going to feel like a real campaign, despite the fact that it's only a by-election. Um, now, I, I I want to talk a little bit before we end uh, the episode. I, I I do want to talk a little bit about strategy over here because uh, very interestingly, uh, very interestingly, the 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 interim leader of the Liberal Party, Marc Tanguy, came out off the gate, right off the bat, uh, criticizing Quebec Solidaire specifically on Bill 96. Now, for those that, that may not know, Bill 96 is the new bill that was passed by the government. Uh, it's basically the, the, the new language bill um, that has created somewhat of an issue, especially in uh, Montreal, um, where uh, and in that writing in particular, where there is a quite important percentage of the population that is Anglophone. Uh, so that bill definitely has had or will have an impact in that district. But what I want to get to is that he was immediately criticized by the media and, f you know, from a lot of commentators that I listened to or that I read about, you know, w w about what the point was, you know, like, I mean, do you really need to bring Bill 96 in this campaign? Is this really where you're focused on? And uh, so he was, uh, I'm not going to say heavily criticized, but he was criticized about taking perhaps the wrong approach. I disagree. I think that this approach is actually very intelligent, and I'll tell you why. Although I don't think that Bill 96 should be the primary strategy going into this campaign because there's a lot more uh, challenges in this writing, right? We're talking about challenges in housing, um, uh, social, uh, health and social uh, services. Uh, this is a riding that has seen this tremendous boom in the last 10 to 15 years where there's uh, hu uh, an incredible amount of businesses that, started popping up and who in the last couple of years have suffered tremendously. So uh, you have issues of employment and labor uh, shortage. So there's a lot more serious issues than Bill 96, in my opinion. But the reason I think that the liberals decided to come up uh, swinging with Bill 96, I think there's something very intelligent behind that. Now, what Mark Tanguy said specifically, uh, he came out to attack Quebec Solidaire and he said specifically that Quebec Solidaire, when it comes to Bill 96, is like the CAC. It's one in the same. They vote in favor of Bill 96. Obviously, Quebec Solidaire leader um, Gabriel Nadeau-Dubois came out 
and kind of played that down and said, you know, we're going to have a very positive campaign. We're not going to spend our time necessarily uh, answering and commenting on what the liberals had to say. He kind of, you know, he was quick to push it aside because I also think that he knows that that line can have an impact on the result. And I'll explain why. Um, there is a growing population, like I said, in that district that that is supporting Quebec Solidaire. Okay, it's been growing for years, and that's why Quebec Solidaire has you know has put a lot of energy in that riding. But there is a quite significant part of that population that is against Bill ninety six. Now, I don't know if that population voted initially for Quebec Solidaire. I don't know if they're in that age demographic. But whatever the case is, the fact uh, that uh, Marc Tanguy has brought that out initially from this campaign, I think what they're trying to do is to really draw the line and say this is where we are camped and this is where Quebec Solidaire is camped. And if there's one thing in that particular writing that actually benefits both the Liberal Party and Quebec Solidaire is that the majority of the population of Saint-Henri Saint-Anne would probably not vote CAC. It's not a writing that uh, that uh, that the CAC could even hope to win. Even though publicly they're going to come out and say, "Yeah, we're putting all our effort and we believe in our candidate and yes, we're going to win." I think deep down they know that they stand no chance in that writing. So knowing that the majority of your population will probably not be supporting the CAC, if off the bat you are painting that image that Quebec Solidaire is like the CAC, automatically I think you're, you're, you're in an advantage over here, which is why for the Liberals it's also essential that the PQ put a candidate because they're probably counting on the fact that if we push that message that Quebec Solidaire on Bill 96 is the CAC, they may very well be able to grab a lot of their electorate or a significant part of their electorate to swing back to the PQ because there is a PQ base in Saint-Henri Saint-Anne. It's false to say that, that, that there isn't. If today the Quebec Solidaire numbers are as impressive as they are, it's because at some point or another, that electorate was voting Parti Québécois. So if the Liberals could sway a significant enough portion of Quebec Solidaire's vote towards the PQ, they may just, you know, have enough to pull it off uh, in, in Saint-Henri-Saint-Anne. So I think it's not necessarily a bad idea. I hope, though, I hope that they don't stick only on Bill 96, and I hope that they, uh, they bring out their ideas on all the other issues that are equally as challenging uh, in, that, in, in, that, uh, in that writing. Now, a few people have commented, uh, and I read that, and I, 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 I laughed out loud, and I, I hope I'm not wrong, because then obviously I, I'll, I'll look stupid here, but there are some commentators that said, you know, this campaign can be so close between the Liberals and Quebec Solidaire that the CAC might squeeze right through and pick this one up. I don't see that happening. I really don't see that happening. Um, you know, the CAC, uh, you know, we're going to go back to this, uh, to this candidate that they chose. Every time you see a political party picking, you know, a candidate, young candidate, somewhere from within the party, usually it's because, and I don't want to say that they don't care about winning the election or they don't care about this candidate. Obviously, they care about the candidate, but I, I, I you know, my experience has shown that 
Usually when this is done, it's because they just need to fill the seat. They just need to put the posters up in the riding and they just find pretty much anyone. Uh, and this uh, youngster, um, you know, raised his hand. Good for him. He, uh, he's going to have a great experience doing this campaign. But I'm not ready to believe that the CAC is serious about winning this campaign. Had the CAC been serious about winning this campaign, my guess is that they would probably find uh, maybe a candidate with, uh, with, uh, with a better profile, or maybe more experienced, uh, a little bit older, that has something more to bring to the table. So that to me is an indication that the CAC probably already knows that the chances are very weak for them to win in that riding. Uh, which brings me also to the PLQ. And again, I don't want to take away anything from Christopher here, and he's probably going to watch this episode, and I hope he doesn't think that uh, I, I'm critical towards him. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think he's great. I think he communicates well. I think he deserves to be uh, at the National Assembly. I think he can, you know, he has a lot to add. Uh, but at the same time, I'm still fascinated that the PLQ is having trouble finding, you know, the, the, that A-grade candidate that they were, you know, they had the reputation of finding, you know, maybe five, ten years ago. Um, and especially in a writing like this where, one, you don't want to lose, and two, it was the writing that belonged to a pretty prominent figure uh, not only in your party, but in general, in Quebec politics, right? Dominique Anglade, like I said, she wasn't just anyone. Um, and in the past, the Liberal Party had this incredible machine and this reputation uh, of really being able to point their finger to the candidate and say, look what we went and got. Look who we went and recruited to run in this uh, in this riding. And this always happened, especially in ridings that were considered safe ridings for the Liberal Party. They always had this reputation of finding high-profile individuals and putting them in these safe ridings in order to you know, uh, bring value to, uh, to the caucus up uh, in Quebec City. Again, not to take anything away from Christopher, but we are so far away the situation that we've been used to with the Liberal Party and today where they are still struggling to attract these high-profile individuals. We saw that in the campaign, in the last campaign in 2022, where it took a couple of weeks in order for them to even fill up their slate of candidates, the 125. So there's definitely an issue there with the Liberal Party, and I think that they're focused so much on winning this because they cannot afford to take another shot in the ribs, right? I mean, they've had a couple of thorns on their sides for a while now, and a defeat in Saint-Henri-Saint-Anne is just going to come and just ruin any possible effort that is probably currently now being drawn up to bring back the party and to bring back that reputation and to stimulate it and to make it kind of the party that it was before. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of the, the, the members of this party are looking at this election to see exactly how the Liberal Party will do, will perform. And I think it'll play a huge role in in the coming months as the party gets into this procedure of kind of renewing uh, and uh, rebuilding. So I, I really hope that uh, they, they, they pull it off for the sake of the party. At the same time, I'm very curious to see how Quebec Solidaire will perform. 
it's going to be an interesting campaign. Uh, and I know that the, the both these parties are thirsty for this writing. They need this writing uh, for their own credibility and for their uh, for the for the benefit of their their their, their respective parties. It's going to be uh, very, very interesting. Uh, looking forward to how this campaign develops. March 13 is the is the election date. And uh, before I sign off, just curious to know, uh, and I've never done this for by-elections. Uh, I've, I've only done this during general elections. Um, curious to know if you guys would be... Um, Happy if I brought back the car ride conversations for this by-election. Uh, let me know what you guys think. I'm willing to do it. Maybe get to know these candidates a little bit closer uh, in a more personal setting. Uh, it'll be fun. I mean, I'm willing to do it. Um, we'll see if the other parties bring uh, or announce uh, any candidates. So, yeah. So, let me know if you think that I should bring back the car ride conversations for, this, uh, for, for these elections. Uh, I'll be more than glad to do it. Uh, having said that, thank you again for tuning in. Looking forward to continuing these uh, solo episodes. Uh, let me know what you think in the comments. Share the, the, the episodes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and all audio platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all so very much. See you all on the next episode.